if you guys are thinking about training for a race like this, whether it's a half or a full, I highly, highly recommend searching out a coach. Yes. And 100%, if you're here in the Central Valley, search out Sean Tucker. He has been an absolute badass every step of the way. I think we would be like lost little puppies without Sean <laughs> guiding us in this training. And I know um, at when it comes race day, I know we're going to be the, the most prepared we can be because of Sean's guidance. Welcome back to the Pursuit of Property podcast, you guys. Today, it is just me and my co-host, Scott Farrow, and... I'm excited about today's topic. We are doing a follow-up way back in, I think it was episode 87. We had our boys, Connor Moulton and Sean Tucker on the podcast. They were talking about hardening your mind and overcoming challenges. And for those of you who have stayed up to date on social media and our podcast, you know we were peer pressured on the spot after that podcast to sign up for a half Ironman in Santa Cruz. So today we are going to be talking about how that training is going and how we've taken some of these lessons learned to continue building endurance in our businesses. So Scott, how are you doing this morning? I'm tired this morning (laughs) because of this Ironman. So it works out. Um, We were supposed to do a book review today on the four hour work week. You and I both, uh, felt like we were rushed a little bit towards the back half of the book. So we wanted yep. to take our time. It's a great book. I think it will do a, uh, wonders a for a lot of people yeah. who are interested in time conservation. But we thought it would be better right now, since we aren't feeling rushed about this topic, to share more about the progress of the Ironman. A lot of people have been asking about it. And then kind of how it's played a part in business, which was why we brought Sean and Connor onto the podcast, mm-hmm. but I didn't realize how how quickly we'd see the results of doing the endurance training and making business so different. Yeah. So, I think just the other day we were talking about, and I was in, uh, it's an app called Training Peaks. It's where um, we get workouts from our coach, Sean, for the week and you know this, that, and the other. I think we, we are less than 12 weeks away. I think we're 11 weeks away from the race, which is kind of crazy how we've kind of crossed the halfway point from our beginning of training, and it doesn't feel like it. We've been in training about two, close to three months, and we've got a little less than three months left. So um, I know we're in grind time, and like you were saying yesterday, we were on the phone for yeah. 10 or 15 minutes yesterday after we grabbed lunch with one of our buddies, and we were like, dude... We're hurting. We are hurting. So looking back, when did when did we actually start training? Because it wasn't after we signed up. I think so, there was a, a bit of a delay yeah, from time, early February. Timeline, we signed up January like 27th or something like that. Okay. And then we really hit the ground running hard. I know you and I both were running, but yeah. not like anything consistent. Yeah. Um, starting in early May. I think uh, the oh, week crap. before Julio's yeah. wedding. <laughs> yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. So we're talking the first week of May. Here we are. Uh, by the time this comes out, it'll be the end of June. Um, and just in that few months, uh, the two months that we've had, I feel like you and I have both made some really big changes in uh, our business and then also 
just changes in our lifestyle, like what we're doing, what we're focusing on. So it's had a lot of an effect. Um, you know, it, for those who haven't trained for the Ironman stuff, it's three different disciplines. It's swimming, running, and biking. So un, unlike an, uh, a marathon where you might be training running every single day and it's just different types of running, we get different challenges with each discipline. You know, mm-hmm. swimming is definitely um, the most anaerobic or the, or, or the most full body workout. Running is much more comfortable, but there's still that, you know, pounding on the cement. And then biking is definitely just an uncomfortable thing to do if you're not already used to it. So each kind of provide different challenges. And throughout the week, we're kind of seeing what what's laid out ahead of us and having to plan around it, um, knowing that your headspace might be different at the different times in the day. Not only headspace, but also just how, like we've been saying, how we're feeling physically. And I'll preface this by saying, if you guys are thinking about training for a race like this, whether it's a half or a full, I highly, highly recommend searching out a coach. Yes. And 100%, if you're here in the Central Valley, search out Sean Tucker. He has been an absolute badass every step of the way. I think we would be like lost little puppies without Sean <laughs> guiding us in this training. And I know um, at when it comes race day, I know we're going to be the, the most prepared we can be because of Sean's guidance. So yeah. like you were saying, I think one of the easiest parts and best parts about having that coach is one accountability, right? Like you and I can be accountable to each other, but when you've got kind of, you know, that different hierarchy on the totem pole like you've got you've got like a manager you've got a coach who's looking down on you and you know taking their time to feed you workouts and this that and the other Uh, if you miss a workout you 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 don't miss a workout unless you're sick or unless you're at like out of town or something yeah right so i know having those workouts preloaded in and then like you were saying I, I know one of the biggest learning curves or or uh, like transitions having to make here that I know we're still adjusting to is fitting in these workouts because we're working out minimum six days a week. Now it's going to be seven days a week, no rest days, you know, with work, with personal lives, with date nights, right? We've, yep. <laughs> we're having to carve out this time, which I know has, has been a little bit of a transition curve, at least on my end. Yeah. I think the value, though, that's come from it is you and I have both been more diligent on when we're going to be working and when we're going to not be working. Mm -hmm. And so when we're at work, we're much more focused because if later I'm going to be on a run, I can't stay late at the office. Like the hours to run do come to an end. Like you can't just go run at 10 o'clock at night and expect to perform correctly. Right. And so I think there's value in, in that just the time element of the endurance training, unlike lifting, like we were doing before where, Mm -hmm. you know, you could jump, jump into the gym and be out in 45 minutes. You know, if you're going to go swim, there's setup, cleanup, uh, same with like biking, there's going, getting your bike ready, getting on the bike going, that's a 15 minute process. And then with running as simple as it is just to get the workout in, it's just a long duration. You know, we're talking the shorter runs are 30 minutes, which is nice. But now that they're at like 45, 50, 60 minutes, mm-hmm. it's becoming more of a, you know, that's your rest day workout. So that's like the fastest yeah. time frame that you'll have. Yeah. And and just the other day, I know it, it's been like this slow buildup, right? Like starting out with kind of the half hour and now we've, we've built. And I know we've got two hour bike rides in the middle of the week. 
not even just on Saturdays. We, yeah. we had a two hour, two hour ride in the saddle just this week, or it may have been last it was week. Last week, um, thrown in on a Wednesday, and it's like, dude, uh, up at four thirty. Yeah, got, you got to get it out of the way in the morning because <laughs> although Fresno's had this nice weather. You can't Not, ride outside in the no, heat, you know? No. Well, and, and Saturdays so far have been the the even bigger days. I know you just posted this this past Saturday. Uh, me, you, and our buddy Martin, we went out and did 40 miles uh, on the bike and finished it up with a three-mile run. And between, you know, driving there, set up, doing the workout, finishing up and cooling down. I mean, it it's three hours carved out on your Saturday morning to get this done. And as we continue to get closer to the race, you know, these workouts are just going to continue to get creep up and get a little longer and longer and longer. So um, definitely a big learning curve. But I think one of the biggest takeaways so far, at least for me, with having this accountability where I when I log into the app and I know, hey, this is my workout for today. These are my workouts for the week. Get a green little check mark when I complete them, mm-hmm. right? Is building that discipline for the workouts, that trickles in and has trickled in into building that discipline or even better discipline into our businesses and even our personal lives, which I think yeah. has been really, really cool to see with still such a significant amount of training left to go. Yeah, no, I I think you and I have both made it very much a game. Like the hard part about these workouts is that they're not that hard. Like the intensity isn't always insane. The duration and the the headspace that you have to be in to just be willing to go consistently do it (laughs) when you don't want to. Yeah, You know that it's a two hour ride. So it's not like you're just going to go bang it out real quick. It's just exactly what you're talking about it's building those the the i would almost want to call it like uh the game snake where when you hit a dot your the tail lengthens Mm -hmm. it feels kind of like that and your whole goal is just to hit how many check marks in a row and you and i have made it kind of a friendly competition uh for sure and uh just seeing each other's like workouts and just like the the classic competition that we have about it it built kind of a level of consistency that has followed through into our business where, you know, it seems as if we're much more consistent on doing the stuff we don't want to do at work, even more so than when we had extra time. 100%. And I equate it to, we've, we've talked about this and we sound like broken records, but the example I always bring up is making your calls, right? Whether it's follow-up or lead generation, where in this business, whether you're an agent, an investor, a hybrid of both, right? One of the non-negotiables, every part of your day needs to be lead generation and follow-up. Yeah. Right? You got to fill your funnel. <laughs> you, you've got to provide that funnel to where, you know, y- your well isn't running dry with no business and no money. Right. But even I, dude, I'd be lying if I said it, I ever really am in, in the mood, to, you know, to make, to make calls, follow-up and or lead generation. So, but it's like, dude, it's a non-negotiable. We need to be disciplined enough to come in, make the calls, do the work, do the lead, you know, the lead generation and the income generating activities yeah. and come in the next day and do it again and have that check mark and making sure that you're hitting those standards every single day. See, and it's funny because you and I are backwards, whereas you have that like pushback for maybe making the calls. If all I had to do is make calls, I feel like I would be more interested in just doing it. 
I always have had the problem, and you know this, of all the bookkeeping and all mm-hmm. the back end side of the business, I've always struggled with. Like, just it's a mental drag on me. And I've noticed that, like, I mean, I'm having these long sessions where I'm doing paperwork and stuff that previously, like, my brain would just fizz out. Like, I would just be like completely burnt out mentally after like an hour or two hours of working on that. And now I'm like still ready to go, I'm still on my A game. It's been proven to me I'm on my A game because mm-hmm. I've signed since we really started this training, we've I've probably signed 20 29 or 30 contracts, which is just astronomically higher than where I was before. So to me, it's like the opposite. I'm like, wow, like the back end stuff got way easier, you know? Well, if you if you guys go back and you listen to that episode with Sean and Connor, I don't know which one of them it was. I think it was Sean. He explains that same exact thing back in, you know, way back in the podcast. He was like, dude, you would be surprised what your body is capable of and you will be pleasantly surprised. It doesn't mean if you're get, you know, it doesn't matter if you're getting up at four and doing your ride. When you come into the office, you are as sharp as you will ever be. Right. And it will pleasantly surprise you where, you know, you may be getting up at the butt crack of dawn and hitting a two hour workout. But when you come into the office, you're you feel good you know what i mean <laughs> did you say the butt crack of dawn yeah the butt crack of dawn baby <laughs> um the other part to it is like there's a physical tiredness that yeah. helps you sleep really well yeah so, like i've noticed um <laughs> we got the garmin watches and like you can track your sleep and yeah. i'm like wow dude the amount of good sleep i'm getting is way better than before um doesn't say that the anxiety still doesn't like kind of creep into my sleep um but when you're super exhausted physically your brain kind of slows down at night and you don't have to try as hard to fall asleep and you stay asleep a lot longer so i think that's an added benefit that keeps that mental sharpness up yeah you know well and i and on on this topic of sleep i want i want to talk about it a little bit because i know you and i have have had conversations about it because i'm sure you know, there's pushback from people where, you know, we're, we're just doing a half, right? And if we were training for a full, we know, you know, the amount of time dedicated is at least doubled, right? right. For training and stuff. But people who, you know, may have kids or may have a family or may have a, you know, full-time nine to five, um, or they may be in our business and, you know, be having a side hustle or a second job where they're like, dude, I don't have the time to, I, I would love to do this, but I don't have the time. I want to break down that limiting belief because for uh, up until last week, you know, for the past, you know, two or three months of training or so, I had that second job that I was working two or three nights a week, you know, starting at five and working till 1130 or 12 and having to wake up the next day because I know I have a full day of work. I'm running on three or four hours of sleep. And it, is that great for you in the long run? No, but it's like, dude, it's disciplined enough where, dude, I'm going to bed at 12 and I know to get my workout in tomorrow because I've got a full day at work and and a significant other and relationships and family and friends, <laughs> you know, to nurture as well. You know, I'm going to run on four hours of sleep. I'm going to go, I'm going to do my workout and I'm going to do it again the next day. So um, I want to break down that limiting belief for people because if there, if there's a will, there's a way. It sounds cliche, but it, you would be surprised what your body can do. Yeah. The other part to it, it, it with the endurance stuff is we set like this goal of running in the Ironman 
in uh, September. Mm-hmm. Then we started getting specific on, okay, well, what timeline do we want to break? Like, what time frame do we want to complete the race in? Yeah. And then I noticed that that kind of translated over to business that, like, at the start of the year, you and I talked about this. I was not able to come up with a goal. Like, literally, you kept asking me, what is your goal this year? What is your goal this year? What is your goal this year? And I kept going, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I think that comes from being in like a mental fog and just not really having direction on what I'm doing. All of a sudden, I mean, you can't see it on the camera, but Cade, you can see it. I mean, my goal became very, very specific Mm -hmm. and very, very clear cut just over the last couple months. And I think there's in part because all of a sudden when when you're working out, you have time to think. You're exhausting your brain from all of those repetitive thoughts about anxiety, about the market. You don't have time to listen to the news. You don't have time to go talk to friends who are all screwing with your mental state. All of a sudden, things became clear again. And goals became, again, another striving point in the business that I think comes, I'm guessing comes in part from this training. Like All of a sudden, I'm like, well, I'm training so hard physically every day to hit a goal. What am I doing with the other eight hours of my day at work, like why am I walking aimlessly if I could set a goal and, and wander towards that? 100%. Well, and I know there's carryover from that. And I know um, we have a buddy super passionate about, you know, health, fitness, Dylan Mir- Miracle. We just had kind of our mastermind, um, you know, like an internal mastermind with the two of us, him and another buddy of ours, Adam Abajan. And dude, I think it, it cannot be understated we know that working out, getting physical activity, getting out in the sun is one of the best things you can do for your body, both physically and mentally. Right. And I think what, you know, one of the other biggest takeaways and lessons from this is right. Like after the race, right. When the race is done, there needs to be a priority of getting out and getting some sweat in because when you prioritize you know, the health of your body and your mind, the rest will follow. And I think making sure you're getting out, you're getting some sweat in, whether it's 30 minutes, whether it's a 30 minute run where you're running at at an 11 minute pace, right? Just doing what you can do. 30 minutes, get out and get your sweat in. I think we've both seen, you know, the positive effects of, you know. Just the mental clarity. Yeah, 100%. I also... I'll put out that we both lost some weight. Like I'm down a decent amount in weight. And I don't know if that plays a huge part in the mental fog, but I feel as if I think clearer and I have definitely more energy than before. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm working longer hours because, um, you know, I'm starting a little bit later on some days and or I'm working out later in the day. Mm -hmm. So there's different things, but I feel as if, just this whole thing has increased mental capacity for the the general load of information, you know. And the endurance to do so. Right. I, and I think there's something to be said about those long Saturday rides and whatnot, or, you know, those hour and a half rides in the middle of the week where you just put in your headphones and you just hang out by yourself. I think there's some value that kind of, it's almost like a therapy in some way where you're you're able to like, process and the way that you and i have operated for the last four or five years has just been go 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 and we we preach about having your calendar like up to date and Mm -hmm. really booking it up and making sure you you're on top of it Mm -hmm. but this kind of forces some of the mental uh relaxation that like 
when you're really exhausted on the bike, you don't really have much time to think about anxiety ridden thoughts or to think about what you're going to do for this next deal. It's really, how am I feeling? What am I doing? How does my body feel? Did I, did I eat right? Did I sleep right? You know, am I right with myself kind of a thing? Well, and you know, what's interesting on most of these two hour rides, two hour plus that we've been doing kind of on these Saturdays, for those who don't know in the Ironman, you are not allowed headphones. Obviously you've got the swim part, right? But on the bike and the run, you are not allowed to listen to music. You cannot use headphones. And so it's, I, I know on these longer rides, uh, on Saturdays, we've been running, you know, or we've been going without music. We've been keeping our headphones out. And I think it is, it, it's kind of that mental game, right? And, and I think that game that we've, you know, started to play with ourselves when it's just you on the bike for two and a half hours, right? I mean, you've got other, we've got each other that we're riding with, but you know, we're in a line. We're not next to each other. We're not chopping it up for the three hours. It, it's you and your mind out there. Especially <laughs> when we hit the fast intervals, you know, it's not yeah. like these two hour rides are our Sunday, you know, cruises in the park. This is, <laughs> you know, a good chunk of it's warming up and cooling down and whatnot. But there are intervals where, you know, it's pretty much as fast as you can go. And I think the, the importance of those times is understated because when it's, when there's no music, when it's just you and your mind out there, there are, you know, a lot of mental battles that you can be, you know, obviously with your mind, you know, I'm tired, I'm this, I'm that. I'm, it, it's, it's a mental battle and being able to sharpen your mind in a way where you can kind of conquer your thoughts and control your mindset I think, again, just kind of tapers and falls off into not only business, but the way we're approaching, um, you know, our personal lives as well. So really interesting how, you know, just kind of that time alone when you've got no music to listen to, nobody to talk to, it's just you out there. And I think it's understated, you know, how much that can, you know, continue to sharpen your mind and, you know, kind of improve your thoughts. Yeah. I I look at it as like, the same way that, you know, you have to harden other things. The only way you can harden your mind is through repetitive, uh, repetitively putting yourself in really difficult situations. And for us, you know, we voluntarily signed up for this freaking race. Like <laughs> one of the things that like I always am grateful for is I haven't had that many hard times in my life. So like setting myself up to do something that was very physically challenging for where I'm at currently, like it was like, okay, like you put yourself here, like you could totally slow down right now. Like, especially like this Saturday on the bike ride, I was like, you could slow down, slow down right now. Nobody would know. Like everybody's going to assume you're tired. You're hour and 40 minutes into this ride. You've got to run after this. It's, you know, it's getting a little warmer. You could slow down. Nobody would know. And then having that internal dialogue, like mm-hmm. I'll know. And so you're reminding yourself, like I put myself here. I am going to do this to my best capacity. I don't care what anybody else thinks because frankly, Martin's faster than both of us by a lot. And like, it doesn't matter that he's faster. He doesn't give a crap what I'm doing. You don't give a crap what I'm doing. I'm not paying attention to you. It's all literally, am I giving it my best right now? And am I doing it to a T? Dude, because it's you versus you out there. There's always going to be people faster. There's always going to be people slower. There's always going to be people making more money than you. There's always going to be people making less money than you. Did you think about that at all? Yeah. I didn't even think about that in the business world, that that whole thing where Sean says, run your own race and Mm -hmm. don't look, 
it's very much parallel to like, don't compare yourself to the guy making a million dollars because you might not be somebody who wants to make a million dollars. Yeah. Well, we just had this conversation at, at lunch yesterday. Everybody, I think it's good to have people in your network who are, it's kind of a little bit contradicting thoughts, but I kind of want to talk it out where we were just at a mastermind uh, a while ago or one of the real estate events. And they were like, you should be spending part of your time with people who are on the same level as you, right? You should also be spending your time with people who are, who are ahead of you and who you are striving to be right. But I think it's one, the benefits from that being you can work out issues in your business with people who are in similar spots and maybe dealing with similar issues but also spending the time with the people who are ahead of you because it's, you know, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. They've gone through these issues before. It's good to not be the smartest person in the room. You don't want to be the smartest person in the room, but it's also balancing that with, you know, exactly. I'm running my own race. This is my journey. I need to keep my head down. I can't get caught in the comparison trap with whether somebody's faster or slower or making more money or making less money. I'm on my own journey, dude, and I've got to keep my head down and make it my journey. You know what right. I mean? No, and and also I think like the target goal has changed a lot. Yeah. You know, the same way that, that you know, last year, if you were to have asked us, I think our thing would have been like make as much money as we can. And even then, I think we both started having thoughts about, well, maybe that's not what's most important. But then it became like, our goal switched to more like, I want to do really, really well during the hours that I'm here, but mm-hmm. I want to spend less hours here, mm-hmm. right? And so that kind of changed too. And I think a part of that came from like, we're doing stuff outside of work that we would never have done last year because we would have said it takes too much time. And now that we're doing something outside of work and then when we're at work, we have better mental clarity. It's like, oh, maybe that's actually the key is figuring out like, the guy who's working 16 hours a day on his business, he may not be the only person that can make that money. Like there's other ways to get to the same goal or to get to different outcomes, right? Like I don't think most everybody is going to want to do Iron Man stuff. Like, yeah. I, you know, we're looking at it. We're going to do a half. It's a huge commitment, but we're not going and trying to compete in powerlifting or bodybuilding or anything else. Like we yeah. picked something that we liked. Yeah. So, you know, keeping your head straight and not, letting that comparison game really pull you off course has also been kind of important. Yeah. And some of the stuff you hit on, this is why I'm excited when we have gotten through the book. Cause a lot of this, you know, kind of relates to like you had mentioned in the beginning, the four hour work week. Um, I'm excited to kind of get to that episode because a lot of, you know, the things you just talked about are things and, you know, lessons and good tidbits from that book that, you know, if, that's something you align with and your goals and how you want to spend your time, uh, not only in your business, but personally, I think will be really, really good for people to hear if they haven't read the book already. Yeah. Well, let's talk then more about, um, the, the training. Do we want to share any of the numbers or anything just for the people who are interested if they, uh, want to try to do it themselves? Yeah, let's do it. So, um, are you going to pull it up? I am. So at the start, And this is more so if you're trying to get more into the endurance world, just to kind of get an idea of what it looks like. We started out with very, very easy runs, things that felt like they were so slow that you were walking to a point. Um, And so you'd start out at like 30 minutes, 
would be a, a, a 30 minute run yep. at zone one. Mm-hmm. Again, I would consider this like if you were in uh, in traditional like a marathon, this would be like as slow of a run as you can go before you walk. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think it's difficult because in one of the learning lessons here, what has been so important has been our heart rate zones, right? Not paying attention to pace, but paying attention to your heart rate because your body has a certain amount of fuel, right? That is depleted. It's just like a gas tank, right? And a lot of that comes down to how your energy is being exerted. And so paying attention to the heart rate instead of the pace, at least for me in the beginning, because if I go back to my very first run um, that we had assigned to us in training, it was a 30 minute zone, zone one run, just like you said. And my average pace was 13 minutes and 32 seconds per mile. Mine was 11 (laughs) minutes per mile. And and so coming from, like you were saying before, we kind of honed in and got started on the training regimen. We were doing runs here and there and we were, you know, going significantly faster, but having that learning curve of, Hey, heart rate is the most important here, not pace. Yeah. And, and at the start, our Saturdays were like, uh, it looks like a 90 minute free ride, meaning going out, not crushing it, just kind of enjoying your ride. And then followed by a 10 minute zone one run. So again, these aren't super hard, and, and the translation here is that don't start in your business with a sprint. Yeah. Like you have to kind of warm up to get to that high level. Mm-hmm. Don't look at the guys doing 100 deals a year and say, I need to start there. Start incrementally increasing or else you're going to experience burnout quickly. 100%. 100%. And I know, yeah, so starting and then we sprinkled in um lifting some full body lifting with you know again finishing up the lifts with uh you know 10 to 12 minutes uh run right right off the bat um i'm trying to see here okay here we are climbing up to a 40 minute run after a couple weeks right so started Mm -hmm. off with the 30s then they bumped up to the 40s this is when we introduced swimming yes exactly i was just about to say but and then again starting off both of us have a background with God knows how many years with both yeah, swimming 12, and water polo experience, years. right? But, you know, again, starting with a thousand yards in the pool, taking, you know, 15 to 20 minutes in the pool, yeah. even though, you know, but like you said, it it's starting off incrementally. It's starting off building that endurance. You can't just jump into, you know, doing 3000 yards right off the bat, right? You've got to start somewhere and build up that endurance. Also, another kind of key point that translates is like you and I started off with a lot of swimming experience. Mm-hmm. And it's funny seeing us train with Martin because Martin <laughs> is not a swimmer, but Martin just did a, a 50K trail run and placed in the top 10 yeah. in his first time ever. So stud. Martin comes out as a stud bike rider and runner, but you know maybe struggles at swimming compared to us, whereas we're flip-flopped. So having friends who are good at different things and putting yourself around those people is important. Yeah. And slowly but surely, um, oh, I have I have two workouts I know off the bat I want to talk about. The first being the threshold test. Talk through the threshold test. Let's talk about the threshold test. Okay. So, you guys, in our training up until a point, like we're doing these 30-minute runs, we're starting off with these baseline workouts. And it's to build a baseline of, like I was saying, heart rate. Fitness. Fitness. Heart rate is the most important. And if you've ever, you know, done, you know, 
running or swimming or stuff like that, you may be familiar with zones for your heart rate, like zone one, zone two, zone three, and et cetera. So after we had established, you know, after a few weeks of training, this baseline of our, you know, fitness and kind of gathering heart rate data, this is where a coach, uh, having the coach really, huge. really it is huge, right? The threshold test was, and I want to pull it up. 20 it minutes. It wasn't on training. It oh, was no, a 20 minute run that was very easy pace. And you have to make sure you don't burn out in mm-hmm. your first 20 minutes. The second 20 minutes was at the fastest pace that you could hold <laughs> for the 20 minutes. And the way that, that, we were, that we worked it was that if you went up in pace, you could not come down. So accelerate slowly and the last five minutes you should be so gassed that you almost fall over like it should be the fastest that you can possibly go and maintain and that's so funny because it's been for me uh it's been a month and i actually had to get off of running for a bit because i injured myself a little bit after this and my fastest pace was only in the high sixes about 650 and yesterday or or two days ago my zone two run was like right at, you know, eight minutes. So, I mean, you're talking a fastest pace difference between my zone two was only a minute difference. So fitness I can already see is really changing. Yeah. Well, and I think, dude, that threshold test was such, I think it was kind of our first test, right? Because it's, you know, we have this easy 20 minute buildup with a couple of, you know, pickups and pace, a couple surges here and there to get the speed going. But then for that back half, that 20 minutes, your goal is getting your heart rate as as high as it can go and putting in as much effort as you can do. No rest, no breaks, yeah. no slowing down. I, it's 20 minutes of freaking going as hard as you can. I went first and I got my heart rate up to 175. I have a naturally slower heart rate. Yeah. But I remember being absolutely gassed and yeah. I texted you after like, dude, I almost <laughs> yacked right after this run. Yeah. But then yours was what really impressed me. You came out right after a trip to Mexico. You were sick before. And what did you get your heart rate up to? 191. Savagery. (laughs) Savage. So, yeah, it was crazy. And, you know, going back to, you know, kind of having these tools like the Garmin watch and the connected app where you can see, uh, you know, all of this data in one place is really, really cool. Um, So that... This is kind of all nitty gritty for the people who yeah. might want to do it themselves. Yeah. Um, probably if you're just listening to this for real estate advice, this probably isn't helpful. <laughs> no. But okay, threshold test is done. And that's to establish basically, like you were saying, our max heart rate. And you right. were saying, you know, your max getting to 175 and my max getting to 191. And our coach, Sean, being able to take that and now set our heart rate zones for this back half of the training to say, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to double down in these zones. We've really got our heart rate honed in now. Now it's about building that endurance and making sure we're doing the right type of training relative to your max heart rate, right? I know one other that I want to talk about. Is yep, it the same it's one? the same one. Yeah. The Minute Monster. <laughs> oh, God. So this is the last one. We'll wrap up the podcast with yeah. this. The Minute Monster is the epitome of everything that I hate in working out. It's all about sprints. It's consistent on and off, fast as you can, then complete rest. I have always done much better in high-performance endurance stuff where you maintain yes. a fairly fast pace for a long time. Yep. So... 
you and I coming from being 500 swimmers in yes. high school, <laughs> this was hard. And um, the first one was on Memorial Day for me. Yeah. And I remember doing this. The way it starts is three early second, uh, three early sets of 30 seconds on as fast as you can go on the bike, which is a very different feeling than sprinting mm-hmm. when you're running. And then you gas yourself out. And then after you have a short five minute break, you do 20 sets of one minute on, one minute off. When you're on, you're going pretty much, it's not as fast as you can. It's just slightly below that. I would call it like 80 to 90%. Yeah. And for me, that was probably the most mentally difficult workout we've had so far. Yeah, I was going to say that one, the minute monster is what was to me not only mentally harder, but physically harder than even that threshold test for me. Yeah, because at least with the threshold test, I mean, it was 20 minutes of really hard work. This was like closer to an hour. Yeah. You know, 40 minutes. At least. 40 minutes of going on and off. (laughs) I think the value here is like, especially translating it back to business and whatnot. After that minute monster, I remember hurting the whole day. This was on Memorial Day, so I had the day off or whatever. Yeah. And... I like sat on the couch at the end of that day and I was like, dude, that workout was so different than all these other ones that I've been doing. And it made me look forward to the the in workouts that were not minute monsters. Exactly. And previously I was like, damn, this was a hard workout I have today. Now, if it's not a minute monster, I'm, I'm pretty yeah. much good to go. <laughs> so I love that there was kind of that, it changed my understanding. And in the work sense, it's like, you know, it makes hard days from before look a lot easier because I'm not doing high intensity shitty stuff every single day. 100%. Well, like you said, I know uh, that was a little bit more nitty gritty stuff uh, for people who are a little bit more interested about the type of training uh, that we've been doing so far. Um, I know both of us will continue to post about it on our social media as we continue to push through this training leading up to the race. Um, if you're interested in more podcast kind of topics like this, shout out to dig endurance podcast, uh, over on podcast app, YouTube, everywhere. Uh, Sean and his brother, Aaron have run that. We actually went on that podcast as well. Yep. Uh, if you're interested in kind of seeing people who've definitely taken that to the next level, yeah, I would recommend that you take a look at that podcast. Absolutely killer podcast. Those guys do an amazing job over there um, with not only their topics, but the guests and the absolute badasses that they bring on and yeah. talking about mental you know, resiliency and, and this, that, and the other. So um, yeah, great shout out there. And I think, um, like I said, we'll continue to post about our Ironman training. If you guys have any questions about what we're doing, feel free to reach out. And yep. obviously, if you're thinking about signing up for a race, come join us. Come join us. There's still time. And uh, if you guys are, like we recommended, um, wanting to sign up for a race and train for a race, get a coach. Sean, he shouted out his contact info back on episode 87. You can also reach out to us for his info. You can find him on social media, Sean Tucker. Uh, also, uh, at Dig Endurance Co., their their podcast uh, and IG handle as well. So Cool. Well, thanks, guys, for tuning in. A little bit of a different podcast, more of an update on some of this endurance stuff. But next week, we should be doing our book review on yeah. the four-hour work week. You're going to hear a lot of similar themes that we just talked about and we'll go from there let's do it have a great week guys thanks guys